Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. You are listening to the Build Your Network podcast. If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Built Network podcast. Darren, thank you so much for joining me on today's show. Thank you so much for having me, Eric. This is exciting. Yeah. So from athlete to actor... You know, there's a lot of kids that grow up and they are the jock and they don't want to do anything with the theater kids. They've got the theater kids. What was your personality like? Because to be in both of those worlds, uh, what was your personality like in, say, middle school? Well, I was a kind of a scared, timid kid. Hmm. And I think I hid a lot behind my my physicality. I was always the tallest kid in my in my class every year, all the way up through high school. So I remember trying chorus class when I was in middle school and it was around the time when puberty started to hit and, and then my voice started, you know, getting all scratchy and strange. And I started moving into a very awkward phase. So I I was so far away from theater and, and performing at that time. Right. Right. So being a super physical kid was a sportsman that came naturally, or was it something where you had the size, but you really had to figure out how to play? Cause there's a lot of kids that are you know, big and they're desired by the coaches, like we're going to turn you into somebody or was it something (laughs) that you were just naturally kind of good at? 
A, a little bit of both, I think. There was definitely some natural talent there. I had gotten exposed to sports like most kids really young and I was kind of like a weed. I was tall and thin. So it took some time for me to kind of come into my body a bit. But once I grasped it, I just kind of took that on. And I think having a larger body when you're younger just inherently gives you more advantage. Right. right. So tell me a little bit about just like family life, because, you know, with both career trajectories that you've been on, you know, sometimes you have the, the story where, you know, my parents wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer, and I really wanted to do sports, or I really wanted to go into performing, or I really wanted to go do this. Did you have encouragement in a certain direction or was sports from day one kind of like, you know, yeah, pursue that, go for that. That was honestly conversations that we didn't have in my house. Hmm. There wasn't conversations about college and career paths or, or even you know, getting a scholarship as a, a student athlete that wasn't even on the radar. Um, I, I did find success with sports fairly young, and I think it gave me a sense of community and yeah. there's the applause that comes with it. You know, good job, way to go. And it kind of reinforces certain aspects and behaviors that you more or less kind of take on. So it was definitely a natural evolution. Right, right. For you, did you see that as you saw that as the career path then pretty early on? Like I can keep pushing this way. My identity in my life was kind of steering me towards sports. It was like three sports year round and college didn't really seem like it was available to me, even in terms of scholarships until maybe my junior year in high school, maybe faintly my sophomore year. But, you know, outside of that, there wasn't a lot of conversations in the house of this is where we're headed and this is the plan. It was just, you kind of do this and you're, you're great at this. Naturally fall into it basically at the end. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So tell me about when that shift happens and you start pursuing that end of high school, you realize like, okay, this might be it, you know, this might be the path. What was the next steps there? And, and how did you kind of continue on that journey? I had a strange level of success after my, my sophomore year in high school, I had a three inch growth spurt. I was already six, three when I was 16. Wow. So I was fairly tall. And then over the summer I had a three inch growth spurt. So I was shooting six, 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 seven, which is my height now. And I outgrew my body. I was six, mm. six, 175 pounds. I was incredibly thin and um, was just struggling on the football field and, and even performing my, I wasn't taking in enough calories as well. But once I hit the weight room and started putting in some deliberate effort, I started to respond to that very quickly. And so that next year, my junior season, I became an all American in football. And suddenly my life kind of exploded with opportunity. Um, right. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the goal for any athlete, you know, is to make it to the pro level. Like that's, you know, that's the goal you want to get to NFL in the case of football or, you know, whatever the, whatever the sport is, I know getting into the NFL, like, what was that experience? Like, like first, you know, getting the call saying like, okay, you're in, what was the emotion surrounding that? I think there was a great deal of relief. I was with my family, like, like most athletes. And so we were in the living room and I had some extended family around and we're watching day one and two of the draft. And I didn't expect to be day one, but I was thinking maybe end of day two. And of course the day wraps up and, you know, nobody was really encouraging me like, oh, this is going to be okay. Or no, you know, you still got it. There's more opportunities. I don't even think they really knew what was going to kind of come next. So we just kind of rested on it and I just kind of just settled in. I knew it wasn't over yet. And then the next morning I got the phone call saying um, the Chicago Bears wanted me to come out, that I was going to sign with them. That feeling was relief, first of all, that all that work, everything that I was hoping for found a safe landing place. 
yeah. that I wouldn't kind of be left with this big, huge, loose end. So, um, yeah, it was a wonderful feeling. I was thrilled. I was excited. And then I also had some time to kind of sit back and, uh, before I re- reported to camp to kind of close the previous chapter and think about where I was heading next. Right. Right. So, you know, after that came to a close and you decided to be done, you know, cause the emotion going into it is like relief. This is going to be it. And then, you know, in your mind at that point, was there an end date in sight or was it like, Oh, I'm going to do this forever. This is the path now. You know, was it something where it was like, I mean, it had to be crushing, right? I mean, having that come to a close. Well, you know, fortunately, well, at that time, nobody really knew why that came to a close. Hmm. I heard about it in the media. Darren Charles retires from football or Darren's cut uh, is released by the Chicago Bears. It was a week later, right? It was pretty Um, quick. Yeah, it was within just like a couple of weeks. I went off to mini camp and then had a couple of days there. And I realized that that path actually wasn't for me, Hmm. that I was ready to move into another direction. So from the outside, it appeared as if, you know, whatever it looked like. But for me, I was thrilled. I went there, I'd signed the paperwork and I touched the gear and I couldn't believe that I was in the middle of this. And I think a part of me felt as though I had achieved what I set out to achieve. Mm. And in some ways, and in, well, in many ways, I didn't set my goal far enough. And of course that I didn't realize till a bit later. And that's part of the thing that I share to other student athletes as well. Yeah. That's funny. So your goal was like NFL and then you get there and you're like, okay, I did it. What's next? Yeah. You know, my earliest memory was watching uh, the fight, fighting Irish Notre Dame and Rocket Ishmael and these great wide receiver characters. And this was back when they tucked the jerseys up under the pads and, you know, it was an electric college football atmosphere. And I remember being a young kid looking at the TV, kind of wishing that I could be there or that would be me. And, mm-hmm. and basketball was my sport then and baseball. So as time progressed, finding that football was that thing. And then suddenly I found myself where I had imagined I would be, you know, years later. I think it all just kind of came to a head and and that was enough for me. Was this a period, you know, obviously there's this closure, you know, of like, okay, I, I did it. I'm, I set, I accomplished this goal. The other side of that, you know, what now, was it a moment of like a clarity where it's like, okay, I know the next thing I want to do, I'm going to do it. Or was it something where it's like, oh my God, I, I know it's not this, but what now, what, what do I figure out? Was it a moment of like spiraling or a moment of just like security? Here's the next thing. Yeah, I felt all the above. <laughs> yeah. Well, right, naturally, because you know, it's never just one thing. You know, yeah. maybe one thing stands out. I, I will say that when I was ready to make that decision, it came pretty abruptly. And I felt within myself that I felt pretty secure that I was making the right decision leaving the game of football. And that actually happened to me while I was at camp with Chicago at the mm-hmm. time. So the biggest thing for me was trusting in myself that I, what I was feeling was accurate. And, right. and that more or less came from just the trust that I've developed within myself, obviously over time. Right. Cause yeah. you know, and then it became committing to closing that door, but then how do I transition out of this? How do I tell the media? How do I tell my, you know, university of Wisconsin coaches, how do I tell my mother, how do I tell my agents? So there was a huge, enormous sense of I'm letting down a lot of people, including mm-hmm. those in my community, right? And those who have supported me in these three sports yeah. year round. So there, there was a lot of potential resistance and problems that would come up. And I just didn't know how to quite tackle all of that. Right, right. Yeah. It, and it's, you know, I love that you mentioned like the trust in yourself um, because on the, you know, again, there's many emotions at one time, but you mentioned the confidence, like the amount of confidence you'd probably built in yourself at that point by making it to that level 
was going to carry you a little ways. Like that gives you a little bit of mileage to say like, okay, I can, I can do the next thing, you know, jumping from anything. I mean, we talked to people who were working nine to five and they go into entrepreneurship and it's like, wow, that's a jump. You're still in business, you know, like that's still going from sports to acting to totally different fields, totally different networks. You know, obviously you've got the belief in yourself, the confidence there. How do you even hit the, you know, hit the gas on that and start going in that direction when everything else was building in a totally different field? Right. Right. Great question. You know, the more I reflect on that, which I continue to do to this day to clarify, and it gets more clear, the more you look at it, it's really interesting or you see it from different perspectives. I had gained a comfortability with trusting how I felt, trusting how my Mm -hmm. body was feeling, trusting where I was at in life, because so much of any huge pursuit that's beyond what you believe you're capable of is really about trust and faith. And so you learn that even in your failures, it's setting you up for another success or it you know, makes you stronger. So when it was time for me to make that transition away from sports, I knew that I had to make a commitment or at least know fully that I was ready to step away. And you know, with that, even leaving the NFL, there was other opportunities. There was arena league football still yeah. going on. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're trying to get me down to Atlanta because Michael Vick was there, you know, and he loves throwing to big guys. And so all of those things come up, but, you know, you still have to commit to, you know, how you feel in that vision. So it was really about me setting that aside and first of all, committing to that and then settling into my life and environment and figuring out really what that looked like then, Mm, you know, finishing school, getting my degree, getting some real world job experience you know, where are my friends who are going to be supporting me in this period of time? Mm -hmm. And um, who am I? Because I spent all of my time as an athlete, I didn't get to cultivate this inner world. And I think having that high level of success externally, and and reaching such a high peak, that in itself caused me to kind of want to know what was going on on the inside. So the, the progression after football was really going on an adventure, more or less. Um, getting to know some of the things that I enjoy, uh, developing some social skills. Yeah. And, and um, part of that too was relocating from the Midwest out here to California, Los Angeles, where I'm located now and seeing who I am up against the world and, and trying to create new experiences and build a new network outside of the people who have insulated me and helped me shape my identity leading up until that point. Right. So it's a journey <laughs> to <laughs> right. say the least. <laughs> right. And then, you know, to hit the point about, you know, performing, the more I've gone to understand, come along to understand my inner world, the more I see the value in it, the more it's strengthened who I am and helps me understand why I'm doing the things that I'm doing. And and then it just becomes enjoyable. And it's something that um, I've become adjusted to. On what level is it strengthening? Is it pushing past your comfort zone and doing it? Is it, you know, building that empathy with different characters and getting to, you know, like what part of it is strengthening you? Well, I audaciously decided to head out this way, so far away from home. So that was first the big step. And in that pressure cooker of life of putting yourself in these different circumstances, um, survival, do you have the skills? Do you not have the skills? Can you gain a job? How are you networking with people? How are you interacting with people? And what is your place now in the world? And Mm -hmm. so getting out there gives you a real sobering effect in terms of where you're at in relation to the world. And then with that, just the the pressures of life and your strong desires to achieve the things that you want to eventually forces you to hone yourself and develop yourself or just give it up altogether. And I think part of 
that is what we see often. People have a grand vision of who they want to be, or mm -hmm. they come out to LA and they want to be an actor and live the big dream. And, yeah. you know, I always tell everybody that I meet or whomever, if they've made it after the one year mark here in LA, yeah, you celebrate that. And then the right. following year you celebrate that too. So but the more you grow in life, it just really forces you to be better. Yeah. And, and, and really that's part of the process. So again, choosing the most difficult thing that I could, which was acting, um, which is really no different than kind of being a professional athlete. The only difference with an athlete is, is, you know, you have your youth, you have the support of your family, hopefully, and friends. And so that can stabilize you while you pursue this ridiculously difficult thing, yeah. um, no matter what sport. But once that goes away and, you know, you find yourself at the age of being an adult, 18, and you're out on your own, everything becomes a factor. You need to manage every aspect of your life. And that's what's so difficult about it. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over one hundred and forty million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Well, this is obviously the Build Your Network podcast. We ask everybody, do you believe who you know or what you know is more important and why? And you've talked a lot about personal development. You've also talked about having those cheerleaders, those relationships that open doors for you. What do you think is more important? Do you think it's who you know or or what you know? Mm, I think there's a beautiful dance between those two. I think it starts out with what you know. Mm. And that's really that, you know, maybe it's the talent you have, or maybe yeah. it's the skills that you're developing. But, you know, and then somebody comes out of out of the side and says, Hey, we're we're gonna go ahead and lift you up or give you this great opportunity. Hey, that, you know, that's wonderful. Yeah. But if you don't have that, what you know is really important. And having the knowledge can also help you connect with other people who can move you along sure. and the same thing on the, on the other side of things. But I, I think that's fairly straightforward. I guess I don't need to dive into that too deeply. Do I need to yeah. pick one? Well, I always love for people to pick one. Um, I, I love to let people speak to the fire on this one. 
Okay. I will say who, you know, if those people are looking out for your best interests, mm. what spoken you know. like someone that's been living in Hollywood for a, a little while. <laughs> that, that, that's right. There's nothing wrong with being capable of doing things yourself, but it, you know, takes a community for success. So, right. Absolutely. Yeah. And my thing I always tell people is uh, when they say what, you know, you know, they'll say, Oh, it's what I know. I'll be like, okay, who taught you what, you know, <laughs> and then it all goes back to, you know? Yeah. Uh, right. And it's all about perspective. Yeah. Somebody's going to give you like a narrow window of that, but like what you know can help, you know, Run open that, you up yeah. to what you don't. So, yeah, absolutely. What's you been will. the best way that you've networked, you know, since moving, um, we'll just set it there. You know, what's been the most effective way that you've networked and it's got to have been difficult over the last two years to, to oh. network, you know, um, but what's that look like for you? What have been some of the things you've done? Are you doing masterminds? Are you just going to any events that are there? Like what's your number one way to network? Well, I will start with like a, a value or a skill you can bring to the table. And I believe that's kindness. Mm-hmm. I know that life moves through a lot of different stages. So if you can be kind and not burn any bridges, you'll find that some of those will come back around to you and, and you'll need those. Yeah. So, that, so that's one of the through lines that, that everybody should bring with them. I think the most important tool to have is knowing why you're networking mm-hmm. or why you're doing the certain things that you're doing. And um, so for me, that's, you know, understanding my life, my past, my history, and also where I'm pointed to so that I can more effectively offer support to anybody within my network. Or when I reach out beyond my network, I'm bringing strong reasons why I need this help or we can add value together. Podcasting has been great. Having conversations like Mm -hmm. this, a good friend of mine, he says, everything you want is within a conversation Mm. and um, everything you want is within your network that already exists. So in your network is the answer to, to what you're looking for. So, so those pieces. Do you find it's hard, you know, obviously when you're in sports and like you mentioned, there's there as different as they are, there's a lot of crossover, you know, and, and ultimately every path has a lot of the same things. You find people to coach you, you, you know, develop your skill, you work your way up, but you know, when it comes to networking, with a career in mind, you know, especially in a, in a world like acting, you know, uh, where you're trying to make connections with agents and producers and you're navigating that world, you know, is it ever, do you ever have to ask yourself, like, am I networking sincerely? Am I genuinely building a relationship or do I see a chance for a leg up? Like, how do you check yourself to make sure you're doing it with the best intentions and trying to serve other people? I think at the deepest level, you won't know that answer until you understand yourself more or less Mm. and why you're doing the things that you're doing. Cause everything before that is a desire, a wanting likely from somebody or wanting to attach yourself to to somebody in some way, shape or form. But you know, this understanding of, of who you are helps you feel more whole and full as a person, as you come forward with whatever you're offering, knowing that whether it's accepted or rejected, um, it, it doesn't matter because you believe in the value of what you're bringing forth. So it helps you more sincerely act in the world, navigate, communicate with people and, um, reduces the likelihood of, you know, rejection, right. you know, yeah. et cetera. Right. Well, another element of this relationship side, you know, before we move in the random round, I know you spend a lot of time helping student athletes now and investing into them. And I think that's, that speaks volumes of your character and personality, because there's not a lot that student athletes can offer in return in a, in a lot of different positions. They're trying to figure out and navigate and they're starting back where you can remember, you know, starting trying to navigate that world. Um, how are you 
pouring into them and you know what's the what's the goal pouring into that kind of next generation of student athletes trying to work their way and navigate mhm i believe that student athletes have a great opportunity to continue being significant leaders you know their strong desire and will in life which they utilize in sports all the different community aspects camaraderie you know they're speaking with media quite a bit so they're developing these unique skills and so engaging with them is talking to them at high schools or universities or in, in small groups or, or large groups as well. It's um, I'm trying to reach athletes through, you know, podcasting and letting everybody know that part of my mission is to lift up that group of people through my own experiences. We see that athletes um, have challenges in their transition. Certainly mine is not unique to uh, anybody else's very similar, more or less. We all know that there's financial troubles, either from the you know transitioning from professional levels into life. You know they're just not equipped, and even the studies show that um, NFL players and even the ones that I speak with are not receiving you know some of the resources that they would like, the support in their community, etc. So it's about bringing forward these facts and, and giving them some tools just to equip themselves for what's to come next, and to encourage them through these these next stages because. You know, when you're 25 years old and your cohorts, former university students have spent their entire life on academics and they're transitioning into the real world, and then the floor's pulled out underneath you as a student athlete, and you're wondering who you are because your identity was wrapped up in sports and you don't know how to navigate this coming from underneath back up into the real world, and, and, and then really encouraging them to find, you know, a second dream. And a third dream and a fourth because there's so many more, but it's just getting through that that tough stage. So I encourage learning with them as well. And um, I, I have a book club that I've been doing for the last about a year and a half now where I put uh, self-development, self-help books on the internet, online, and I, I point them to those resources, tools that'll help them be successful no matter you know what field or industry they get into. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that encouraging them to have that learning mindset as well um, really makes a difference. So that's part of my mission. I'm, I'm hoping that turns into something so much more, whether it's, you know, festivals or online summits and, and pulling in former athletes and, you know, getting them sharing their experiences as well. So it's, it's at the baby stages, but I'm trying to reach as many people as I can. Yeah. What do you wish someone would have told you at that age starting out? You know, what's the advice that you wish you would have heard that would have made, you know, looking back at the last several years that would have made that so much easier. Mm -hmm. I think the big thing would have been some resources that would have been a couple years down the road Mm -hmm. for me to just take a look at, keep an eye on when you want something so bad in life and all of your energy and life is pointed at that and everybody's rewarding you for that. It's very difficult to shift thoughts, habits, and behaviors. Mm -hmm. So somebody to, you know, come in and say, these are the things that are on the horizon because you just want to crack that door just a little bit. And, and I also push just a kindness factor, which I've said in terms of networking as well. You know, I'm years away from playing. I finished up in 2005, but mm. now I'm giving back to that very same community. So the people that you see on the way up will be the people that you see more or less kind of on the way down. So th- those factors. And then the other thing is, is they're just responsible for their own behavior and where they're headed. So just equip them, get in front of them, let them know what's available. And um, they're responsible from there. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, here, I'm going to move us into our random round. I'm going to ask you some quick questions with some quick answers. First off, what profession other than your own do you think it'd be fun to attempt? Ooh, 
I love acting because it kind of gives me everywhere. It gives me the opportunity to explore so much, but like a formula one racer, Hmm. race car driver. Oh, that'd be incredible. Speed Uh, corners. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of adrenaline. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you could sit on a park bench with anybody past or present and talk to them for an hour, who would it be? And why? That would have to be, I'd love to sit down with Oprah. Hmm. There, there are so many great names and people that I could talk with, but Oprah is so well-respected. She's had conversations with almost like so many of the world leaders. And I think she could impart a lot of the wisdom or quotes from all of these individuals, as well as speak to her breath of, of giving into the world. And of course she was an act actress as well and still is. So that would be, a, that'd be incredible. Yeah, absolutely. How do you like to learn best? Um, I know you said you're pushing a lot of education and things like, do you like books, blogs, podcasts? I know you mentioned podcasts. What's your, what's your favorite way to learn? Uh, it has to be books at this point. Um, although I've dabbled a little bit into, you know, audible books, but I like to have the physical book. I yeah. like to get in there and highlight. I like to tag it up really good, but I kind of assault my senses in, in all ways. I think, yeah, let me just leave it there before I go down Pandora's box. There. <laughs> <laughs> what's your morning routine look like? Uh, my morning routine is 6.30 a.m. I hit that alarm pretty aggressively and I get up and I just take some time for me in the day. I'll do a little bit of a gratitude journal, try to get as many as I can, but not spend too much time in it, get my body moving and start you know, putting on the, uh, the leggings and the workout gear just to get my mind ready to get going. So I, I've given up coffee as of late, which is really nice. I'm, I'm still doing some tea, but you know, any specific reason for that or no, not really. I think just the harshness of coffee or the acidity or, and also the staining of the teeth. I want to keep my teeth nice and pearly white. So, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what is your go-to pump up song when you're getting ready to go work out? What are you, what are you usually blasting in your AirPods? It's some version of hip hop. It's just an extension of really my days in the weight room and getting pumped up for football games. It's just in me, but I listen a, to everything. Do you have a go-to hip hop artist that you like? I like Lil Baby right now. Okay. All In. I think he's got a song called All In. Cool. 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 Yeah. That's a good anthem. Uh, what's something that you're not very good at? There are so many things. <laughs> everything um, except for the thing you are, right? I mean, that's yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm the best at being me. Singing. I, I would really like to work on my singing. I'm terrible at it. I've been made fun of ever since high school. So gotcha. Gotcha. What is the best place online for people to find you? And we can obviously link to the show notes, but someone wanted to connect with you, follow your journey, watch your progression uh, to master singing. Where's the best place to find you? <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to come back and sing for you if I get good enough. <laughs> we're we're going to get it scheduled a year from now. You're going to be a master. You're too kind. You're too kind. Um, so yeah, the best way to reach me is on my Instagram. My handle is Darren.Charles. That's D-A-R-R-I-N dot Charles. And there's a link in my bio. It'll take you to my book club and and the other activities that I'm involved in. So I, I, I welcome you to um, get engaged and let's talk books. Let's talk about learning and life. And if you need some support, I'm here for you. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the Build Your Network podcast. Glad we were able to get you on and uh, absolutely excited to see what you do next. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for the great questions. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapel.com slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Sweet. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.